And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley on ugh, just a rotten weather Nasty. day. Yeah, terrible weather day. Uh, but we are going to make things brighter for you guys um, throughout the next 90 minutes. We got Ellender Boys Basketball Coach Coach Cornell Scott on the line. want to thank Coach Scott. Again, very hospitable to us. Uh, went to film a game, a freshman game out there last night. Took good care of us. Hey, what do you need? How to kind of make this better for you? Always willing to help out. We have him on at 1145. They're playing Central Lafouche today uh, for a big-time varsity matchup between the Patriots and the Trojans. At 12.15, we've got our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois. Stan will be chatting with us about local basketball, um, the football playoffs, LSU football, all that stuff. You know how we do. We're going to kind of dive into this. We're going to vent about some things that Derek Carr said yesterday. I don't know if you saw that or not, um, but we're going to play some audio there. Uh, the Saints are an absolute mess. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the back end of the show. Brian, I'm not in. A, I'm, a, I'm in a rotten mood today. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. I am in a. I am in a crummy mood today. Um, at about six thirty, six forty-five, like I'm laying in bed. I'm sleeping. Everything's going good. I'm relaxed. Well, first off, let me ask you this: Do you sleep with like a fan on? Do you need like noise to sleep? Uh, no. I got enough. My wife snores enough. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm All just right. joking. No. Yeah. <laughs> We are uh, just joking. That is a hundred percent joke. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, the divorce no. attorney will be calling yeah. soon. We uh, uh, she has a fan on at times. We got a ceiling fan, so it puts Dude, a little noise. There is nothing louder when you're trying to sleep than silence. I'm sleeping. I'm relaxed. Oh, you know, great. Everything's going good. Then at about seven o'clock. Oh. The fan goes out. The electricity goes out from about 7 o'clock to 9.30, tossing and turning. So I'm not very well rested. I'm grumpy. I got to leave here, and I got to go buy a tire. The Cowboys are playing tonight in a game that they should win, which means they're probably not going to win. So I'm already pissed off about that. Rough morning. Yeah, your day's only going to get worse. Because when the Cowboys lose, then knowing you got to put up with me tomorrow – well, here's one thing that I've been wanting to ask you, and we're going to get to our scoreboard. We're just kind of shooting the breeze here because there's not a whole lot of scores to tell you about. I remember about a month and a half ago, on Mondays, we used to do this thing where we used to compare the Cowboys record to the Saints record. Why don't we do that anymore? It's not fun. It's, it's not as fun <laughs> yeah. as it once was, right? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that. Uh, we got a big Thursday night matchup as Dallas will be oh. – I'm nervous about this game tonight. Uh, we'll talk about the Saints. But, we, of course, bread and butter. we got to talk about our high school stuff out front. But it was a very light schedule um, last night. Boys basketball first. HL Bourgeois at the Santa Mont Tournament. Andrew Kaiwet came on earlier in the week and said, hey, man, we're uh, we're going to be challenged this week. Well, they fall to Denham Springs 62-50. to um, Andrew and his staff have made the, the, the conscious decision now a couple years in a row we're going to challenge the hell out of ourselves. We're going to every non-district game, we're going to be playing a somebody who's a somebody. And power rating wise, you're going to get a bunch of points. Morale wise, it's going to be a challenge to keep the group pulling in the same direction, I think. Now, he he mentioned earlier in the week everybody's fine, everything's going good. 
But he also mentioned in that interview earlier this week, hey, this is a big week. We better start winning some games. They didn't win last night. They fall to Denham Springs by a dozen. And I'm going to be very interested to see how they finish the week because, man, what's the record? You got to put two and four. You got, what, two, three more games? Or you go two and six, two and seven? Like, the birds are going to start chirping. So it is, I I agree 100% with Andrew. This is an important week for them, and it's not going to get any easier. Um, So they fall last night. Curious to see how they bounce back over at the Santa Monte tournament. And and look, uh, at the end of the day, it's the power rankings that, that, that matters to get you in. Uh, the tournament at the end of the season. Right now, HL stands at number 12. They're two and four, sitting at number 12. But you can't look at that because you have three teams still that have not played a game. East Ascension, they're going to be up there. Normally, if you end up, they should be up there. East St. John yeah. could be up there. Westgate. They'll be there. So that's those three teams can possibly be ahead of bourgeois no matter you know at the end so it, it's tough to uh look, to look at the power rankings right now look all we got to say to show you how irrelevant that is right now south of is 40th right now if they beat catholic of new iberia tomorrow they'll be like 15 yeah <laughs> i mean that just goes to show there's so much variance right now early in the season you got to play at least a month and a half two months got to pretty much get everybody to have at least 10 games, right, before we could kind of start paying attention to that and thinking that those things matter, right? About everybody, 10, yeah, 12 Yeah, you got to get through your tournament time uh, beginning of January and next month you can start looking at them. We don't have any other boys' basketball scores locally. I mean, I could tell you some games that I think are interesting. I mean, Brother Martin beat Booker T. Washington in New Orleans 70-54. to Bonneville's ridiculous. They beat Riverdale 91-40. to uh, Fountain Blue beat North Lake Christian fifty-seven to forty-eight. Live Oak beat Livonia seventy-eight to fifty-nine. I mean, those are all scores that are that are interesting, but there's no other local score per se. So we dive now on the girls' basketball side of things, and we could tell you that Central Lafouche played Booker T. Washington. Don't have a score um, there. If you are a Central Lafouche fan and you know the score, shoot me a text. Or we got a bunch of re- referees in the area that listen to the show. Um, if you called that game, shoot shoot us a text. Let us know who won that one. How about give us a phone call? Give us a phone call. Uh, give us the number, bro. I know that we're cer- only certain phone lines we're allowed to use. Give us the number. 798 798-7748. 798-7748. Give us a shout, and we will be more than happy to talk to you all. Um, but yeah, we don't know yet if Central Lafouche got that win against Booker T. Washington. I'll try to do some legwork and figure that out during the course of the show. South Lafouche went on the road and got a 52-14 to win over McDonough 35. A good win for Coach Darian Jenkins and her team. Um, probably the best news for South Lafouche in that one is that they got balanced scoring. They got, oh, about six to eight points from just about everybody on the roster. Ellie Lorraine, I think, led them with 11. But other than that, everybody else pitching in four points, six points, eight points, total team effort. And for the Lady Tarpons, that's what the recipe is going to have to be. For them to make a run, it's going to have to be not Ellie scoring 30 and everybody else scoring two. It's going to have to be Ellie scoring 20 and everybody else scoring 10. That's when the Tarpons are at their best. They got that last night on the road against McDonough 35. Um, a McDonough 35 team that already has two victories. So that's a pretty good win for Coach Darian and her team. Yeah, I'm not sure if something happened with McDonough 35. Uh, they beat Cohen 40-38. to Then they beat Bell Chase 51-25. Then after that, 
They lose to Hornville 12 to 46, and they lost to East St. John 43 to 3. Hey. Then they only scored 14 against the Tarpons last night. Well, South Lafouche shut them out in the first quarter. Yeah, last 21 time. nothing. Um, we do have a scheduling update. Remember yesterday we said that Bonneville forfeited to South Lafouche? Um, Coach Jenkins sent me a, a note that they have reconsidered, and now the two teams will play on December 21st at South Lafouche at 6 o'clock. I never understood why they would, would just forfeit. They've already played five or six games, so they obviously have a team. And, and you, you're you the one who mentioned yesterday, hey, man, there's a bunch of playing dates. Why don't we just reschedule? Well, That's I, exactly what they're yeah, going to do. I think what happened there possibly, uh, and I'm just guessing here, maybe coaches didn't want to play the game, then administration got involved and says, no. You're going to play. Yeah, absolutely. So that's December 21st at South Lafouche. Those two teams will get back together. On the girls' basketball side of things, St. James played Landry with no score reported on the LHSA website. We had Central Catholic play North Vermillion. Hey, Coach LeBlanc, his team get a win, 47-34 to over Central Catholic. So a good win there for North Vermillion. Really, y'all, truly, um, the action is today. I mean, we've got a bunch, a bunch of games today. On the girls' basketball side, teams are playing in tournaments all over the place. Uh, Central Lafouche is hosting Frederick Douglass in a non-tournament game. Thibodeau is playing North Shore at the Denham Springs Tournament. Uh, let's see what else we got. Morgan City playing Plaquemine. and South Terrebonne playing North Lake Christian. E.D. White is playing Ponchatoula today at a tournament. Big test for Coach Nick Sinak and his team. Uh, Homa Christian School was scheduled to play Haynes Academy. That has been canceled. Covenant Christian hosting Donaldsonville. Those are girls' basketball matchups. On the boys' basketball side of things, <clears throat> excuse me, we got a bunch of games over the Vanderbilt tournament. I'll tell you all those in just a second. But we also have a bunch of other games. Uh, like I could tell you, Central Lafouche is playing Ellender today um, in, a, in a matchup. You got E.D. White that's playing, playing Bruley today. So we've got a bunch of matchups. I'm going to try to pull up the schedule and tell you all of them. But it is a very busy day on this wet and rainy Thursday for local action. Let's see. We've got Bourgeois taking on Dutchtown over the Santa Mont Tournament. Central Lafouche traveling to Terrebonne High School to play Ellender. Destrehan hosting Jesuit. Thibodeau playing Terrebonne at the Vanderbilt Tournament. Uh, we told you about Ellender and Central Lafouche. Assumption playing Bruley at the Bruley Tournament. Letcher playing Abramson. South Lafouche playing Catholic of New Iberia. Vanderbilt playing Berwick. Uh, let's see what else we have there. E.D. White, as we said. Oh, I, I apologize. I said that they were playing Bruley. E.D. White is playing Family Christian, according to the LHSA website today, on the road. Uh, but it would be a season opener for the Cardinals. Then um, I know Homa Christian School is not listed on the, on the website, but Homa Christian School is playing at Vanderbilt today. And I'll tell you that full schedule of games over in Homa. Pull the schedule up, and we could tell you that today over at Vanderbilt Catholic, we've got, oh, come on, phone. Homer Christian and Berwick, I believe. Yeah. First game, I think. Homer Christian and Berwick at 4. <laughs> South Lafouche and Catholic of New Iberia at 5.30. Thibodeau and Terrebonne at 7. And South Terrebonne and Vanderbilt at 8.30. I don't know why it says that Vanderbilt's playing Berwick on the LHSA website, but that's not right. Uh, Vanderbilt is playing South Terrebonne. So my apologies there. The LHSA website had a little misinformation. But it is Homa Christian and Berwick at 4, South Lafouche and Catholic of New Iberia at 5.30, Thibodeau and Terrebonne at 7, South Terrebonne and Vanderbilt at 8.30. Outside of the tournaments, I'm interested to see Central Lafouche and Ellender today. Central Lafouche traveling to Terrebonne to take on Ellender. 
I'm so interested to hear Cornell Scott in the next segment when we ask him, hey, bro, how are you going to stop Evan Griffin? He's been scoring 35, 37, 40. Like he, he's doing the B.J. Daniels stuff of last year, scoring just 35, 40 points every game. Uh, you got to you got to take the ball out of his hands, right? I mean, if you were scheming to play Central Lafouche right now, that the game plan, at least in my opinion, and it's easier said than done, it's got to be Evans not beating us. Everybody else got to beat us. You got to figure out a way to get the ball out of his hands, right? But exactly. You got to. He can't have the ball in his hands. Make other guys their offense go through the other four, and you got to frustrate him. Yeah. You, you got to just get in his face and just frustrate him and. Because uh, he's a great player. If you just play regular defense, look, he's he's going to beat you. See, I, I went to the Eleanor freshman game yesterday. They played Thibodeau, and, and they got a win. Um, so I'm curious y- your thoughts here. They play a bunch of freshmen on varsity. And then they also played a few of those, not all of them, but a few of those same kids played freshmen yesterday. And they looked incredible. They, they got a, a, a lop, lopsided, decisive win. Would you be... A, worried about getting those guys injured, or B, approaching it the way that they're doing is, hey, we're going to get double the reps. We're going to you know, make sure these kids get as much floor time as possible. How would you approach that if you had a team that had eight or nine freshman varsity players? Would you let them double dip if they wanted to, or would you stick only to the varsity level? I would be cautious not to burn them out playing both freshman and JV now, or varsity. Uh, if they're good enough to play varsity, they should. Bottom line, it does not matter what grade you're in. Uh, if you're a freshman, and in my opinion, if you can start on the varsity, yes, you play varsity. If you and if uh, let's say they're not good enough to start, they're going to get a couple of minutes a game. Well, you, they still need to play freshman and, and move up. Just, uh, but you don't want to burn them out if if they're playing four quarters uh, as a freshman with the freshman and four quarters with the varsity. I think that's that's a lot. Uh, they may miss some practice time, or they, they, and if you put in there where they're practicing, then going play these games right after. It's early to see. I think you might uh, at the end of the season they could be burnt out a little bit. So, and that that's definitely a factor. And Cornell, if you're listening, we're coming to you in just a second. But on the flip side to that, would there be? I'm trying to think of a, a mindset or a philosophy of well. On the varsity level right now, we ain't winning very many games. So we don't want to lose the kids mentally. So go get you some wins playing freshmen. Right now, Elner's one and five. Uh, but with that group playing against ninth graders, they're going to win every time they take the floor. So do you think that confidence-wise, it can maybe make it worth it knowing that, you know, hey, we're not. it's not going to just all be rough. You guys are going to have some success when you face the kids your same age. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, they are freshmen. Let them have fun. Let them have success on that freshman level. You can't. You don't want to take that, and that's what I was saying earlier. You, you don't want to take that away from them by having them sit on a varsity bench and not play freshman. But if they're going to start as a freshman on the varsity level, then uh, you may take some of the minutes away from their freshman. Yeah. And just play them varsity, but uh, you got to find that mix in between. Yep, no doubt. Be very interesting game today over at Terrebonne um, High School Central. Lafouche taking on Ellen. There. Let's catch a break when we get back. 
One half of the coaching situation in that one. Coach Cornell Scott will be joining us to tell us about his Patriots. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Had a good time yesterday watching the L and their freshmen get a freshman victory over the Thibodeau Tigers. Casey Disclare here on play-by-play with Coach Brian Colley. And we go to another coach on the phone now, one of our favorites, Coach Cornell Scott with the L and their Patriots is on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, good morning. We're doing good. Good, bro. Uh, you guys got a big game today taking on Central Lafouche. They're 3-2 and two coming in. You guys have kind of struggled out the gates a little bit, but, you know, not unexpected with the young group. What are some things you guys are trying to get accomplished today against the Trojans at home? Uh, I'm just looking for growth. I'm just looking for growth for my kids. Uh, we've been working hard, so just trying to see them do some things that we work on in practice and uh, and kind of just getting them, uh, like you say, it's, it's, it's a steady process, but uh, I think that, you know, I think that they come out and play hard like we normally play, uh, we'll be okay. One of the things that I'm noticing, man, like scoring the ball has been tough. You guys have not gotten over 40 points for the last three games. Now, granted, you played some good competition. Denham Springs, Port Allen, and Terrebonne. But Ellen, their basketball is based on, hey, we're going to use our defense to go and get easy offense. And that's been a struggle for you. How how do you guys open up a little bit and and start to put more points on the board? Uh, That's the thing. Just uh, with a young group like that, knowing how to score and where to score. And uh, like I think – We've been causing turnovers and let, trying to make our defense be our offense, uh, but then they turn it right back over. And, and I know coaches know that with a freshman group, you kind of uh, have to live with some of those growing pains. But once they figure it out, I think they're going to start uh, putting the ball in the basket a little more. 
Tonight, you guys have a very unique challenge. It's a Central Lafouche team that comes in playing pretty well, but there's no way to sugarcoat it. A lot of their offense comes from one player. Griffin has been scoring 35, 40 points every game. The team has been scoring 55 or 60. Without giving your game plan away on the air, do you guys have something to try to maybe slow him down a little bit tonight? Uh, no, we're just going to come out and play. Uh, actually, you know, and and just try to make it a little difficult for him. But, uh, but you know, he's a good player, but he, he can find his other teammates. So uh, we don't want to leave anybody else out. But uh, I think we're just going to come out and, uh, you know, play our game plan and uh, try, to, try to limit some of those touches that he has. Coach Brian and I were talking about this in the last segment of the juggling act that you guys have. You got, I think you told us last time, nine freshmen on your varsity roster. I saw your freshman team play yesterday with some of the same kids. So how do you make sure that they're not being overworked, but also they're keeping their confidence by playing against kids their own age? Like there's a lot that goes into those decisions, I'm sure. Oh, it is. And, you know, we try to manage those minutes that they get. But uh, but our our philosophy on it is the more they play, you know, the better they get, you know, because they haven't really been at this level yet. So uh, we're just trying to get them uh, some some games and trying to get them to understand what they do. And then we play our other kids, you know, along with them. But uh, the things that they work on, I, they see the success when they play uh, more kids, more their age. For sure, man. Look, tell us about this year's group. I'm sure there's more teaching going on at practice and, you know, trying to get the guys acclimated to the speed of the game and everything. And it's frustrating. You guys don't want to be one and five. You'd, you'd rather be five and one. But at the end of the day, you know, you guys are going to get better and, and going to make some growth. And there's something fulfilling about that as a coach, right, man? Seeing a young group that slowly throughout the course of the year gets better and better. Uh, like I kind of told Mike, man, I'm really enjoying coaching this group because they listen, they learn, and then they work hard. So, uh, I mean, when you have a group like that, that's, that's, that's understanding that they're trying to learn the game and that they're trying to get better, uh, yeah, that is kind of rewarding because when you see them have that success, and even like in the varsity game, we're, we're going quarter by quarter, you know, so we're looking at, you know, how are we producing, and uh, they are showing some growth. So that's all we're looking for from them is just can they grow and uh, I think maybe by the end of the year, we'll see a different team. For sure, man. Look, you got the Trojans today. Then after that, a full week off before the HL Bourgeois Tournament. How important is that week of practice that you're about to get without competition going to be to you know try to make some progress and get better? Uh, it's going to be uh, very essential. You know, just getting stronger, just getting uh, more physical, and just working with each other, trying to understand what our game plan is. You know, they'll have some games under their belts. And, you know, I kind of put their little break in uh, purposely just so that we could be able to, you know, go back and evaluate and see what we need to do to uh, get better as a team. Last thing before we let you go, bro, what are some keys to victory? What are some things you guys got to do to defend your home floor and get a victory over the Trojans? Uh, score the basket. You know, playing defense, I think we're doing well. We just got to lemon turnovers and score the basket. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. It was good seeing you yesterday, buddy. Take care, man. Hey, y'all too. Thank you. Yep, there's Coach Cornell Scott with the Ellender Patriots. They don't like to be 1-5. and five. There's no doubt about that. At that school especially, that's usually 4-2 and two or 5-1. and one. But when you got that many youngsters, Cornell said it at Terrebonne General or Tri-Parish Media Day, you better beat me now because it's going to be tough in the future. If they could keep this group together, which I think that they will, um, by February, I don't know that it's going to be a fun team to play anymore because those freshmen are going to turn into sophomores real quick before our eyes.
Yeah, look, they're going to get better. There, there's no doubt. And the thing with Coach Scott, he's playing a lot of kids. And his rotation, it, it could be 10, 12 guys he's playing. He's not afraid to, to, to keep his rotation going and just get fresh guys in there. And I think a big key tonight, can the Trojans handle the pressure that uh, Ellender can bring? Uh, it's typically not the same pressure that Ellender in the past would bring because they they're younger. So, uh, but uh, I saw Central a couple of games, and at times they had trouble breaking pressure. So, uh, if Ellender can bring a lot of pressure, and Coach Scott's saying score the basketball where he wants to score layups, they're gonna have to finish at the rim, and you got to control Griffin. Look, one thing that the Trojans are gonna have to do better is yeah they beat Chalmette in double overtime 62 to 52 uh, but they missed 17 free throws in that game and that was something that against Southside when I was watching they kind of struggled a little bit as well so on the flip side to that if you're Central Lafouche if you get put on the free throw line and you get the opportunity to get some easy ones you better take advantage of that because the thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to let the, the Patriots hang around and be a five-point game in the middle of the third quarter is then those youngsters start believing, and then you're the favorite to win because you got a bunch of seniors, they got a bunch of ninth graders, then you might get tight and take advantage of the stuff that's given to you. If the Trojans could do that a little better, I think that they'll be A-OK tonight. Yeah, and, and look, I'm looking uh the big picture, the, uh, the season uh, with um, PowerPoints. I, I think this could end up hurting Ellen at the, at the end of the season. They play in the HL twice. Terrebonne twice, Central twice. Uh, the common factor, that's all in that 5A district. Yep, they're going to play each other, and instead of getting two chances to get points, you can only get one. Now, when they play each other, you're guaranteed to get a point, but if those two teams would be playing different, you're not playing them, I mean, they're playing the other teams, you have a chance to get two points. So I think at the end, that could hurt the Patriots. I'm throwing this at you cold. You don't even know that I was about to ask you this, and it's up against the end of a segment, so it's probably not the best timing. Why the hell do we still have districts in Louisiana? Yeah, look, I I don't think, and there's coaches out there, and I get it, saying well, you, at least you can you you can win a championship, you can win a district championship. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's do away with districts. Schedule however you want. And, and maybe play a tournament at the end of the season. And yeah. the LHS, LHSAA, they can care less of, of who wins district. They just want a district champion. You determine how you, so, uh, how you determine your own district championships up to each district. So uh, I don't know. I, I, would, I would rather see no more districts and play your own schedule, schedule every game how you want, and, um, and go from there. But well, Here's the thing, bro. It, it, I ideally, I think that there would be districts, but the the thing of it is, is if we're not rewarding the team that wins the championship with a PowerPoint or improved seating, or then it just becomes like every other game. The game doesn't have any more weight. Like I got Central Lafouche's schedule pulled up right now. They play Terrebonne twice, Bourgeois twice, blah blah blah. Their game with Covington in the middle of district is going to be every bit as as important as those district games. Their game tonight against Ellender is going to be every bit as important as those district games. Their win against Chalmette a couple nights ago might end up being their biggest win of the year. If they're not going to matter for 
a little more, then what's the point? I, I, I would I, look ideally in a perfect world. I do think the districts are fun, but I think that we should reward the team that wins the championship with a little more than just an automatic bid because all these teams that win their districts are already in the top twenty-eight anyway, by yeah. large. Yeah, if you win a yeah, if you're in a big district, some of these smaller districts, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't work out that way. But uh, yeah, look, I see both sides of the coin here with, with the districts. Districts, but it's um, with the PowerPoints meaning so much. I, I think the coaches should have more say of who they want to play. That's why you why you think at the end of the year, uh, on the last playing date, you have a bunch of teams now scheduling after their district play. They schedule another another game with uh, a probably a, a class B school or something where they can go out and win uh, 20, 25 games. Yep. And, and a 5A team is going to play a, a, a B school so they can get these extra power points. Yeah, no doubt. That's something we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, and I do think that there is some traction beginning to be built to, towards maybe doing away with that in the future. Well, we'll see. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll very quickly run through some soccer, uh, let you know who's off to a strong start to the season. And then Brian and I will talk about some other things happening in the world of sports. Stan Gravois joins us at 12.15. It's our lunchtime hour here on Play by Play. If you want to talk with us about something, 798-7748. Give us a ring. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Rocking out with the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes here on Play by Play. 
Brian and I will talk about all sorts of stuff in the next hour. If you're getting in the vehicle, go and get you some lunch. Um, man, I hope that you guys enjoy your lunch. Uh, in about an hour or so, I'm going to be doing the same. But I also got to go get a tire changed. Wonk, wonk. So it's going to be an interesting afternoon in the rain for me. Boys, soccer power ratings. Division 1. It's ridiculous that this is not split, but I'm not going to do that until the playoffs. I'm not going to whine about that until later. Hanville and the boys, they're rated number 14 with a 2-0-1 record. Central Lafouche, always good in soccer. They're 4-1-1. They're sitting at number 15. Good on them. Uh, Thibodeau, 1-2, sitting at 38th in the power ratings. And HL Bourgeois, 42nd with an 0-3-1 record. Much like we talked about with basketball. This is way too early to, to put a whole lot of credence into this stuff. Uh, Division 2, we've got, uh, let's see, Terrebonne sitting at 3-2-1. They're 18th right now. Ellender's 0-2-1 sitting at 29th. South Lafouche has played one match. They're 0-1, uh, and they're sitting at 32nd. South Terrebonne has played one match. They're 40th, uh, sitting with an 0-1 record. Division three, we got some state powers, including Vanderbilt Catholic, who is 1-1-3, sitting at number 14 in the state. I could tell you this. I know from following Vanderbilt, they're 1-1-3. They have probably played their five matches against some of the best programs in the state. They're going to get that thing ready for the playoffs. Morgan City at number 18 with a 1-0-2 record. And remember me telling you that the power ratings didn't matter much this early? Here's a great example. E.D. White is 0-1 at 29th. I, <laughs> I bet whatever you want to bet that E.D. White's going to be in the top 10 by the time this wraps up. So they've only played one match, and they're sitting at 0-1. Division 4, boys, you have, let's see, uh, Homer Christian sitting at 1-1. They're the number 19 seed right now in CCA sitting at number 22 with a one-on-one record for both of those teams. Let's go find Central Catholic and Morgan City. They might not have a team. I don't see them listed here. So anyway, yeah, I don't see them listed. So we go now to girls soccer. And how about this? The number one team in the state right now in Division One are the Thibodeau Tigers. They're 4-0 and uh, on the season, so a great start for Thibodeau. HL Bourgeois, number nine, they're 4-0. and So a couple of local unbeatens. Hondo sitting at 14th with a 3-1-1 record. Central Lafouche girls soccer is always really good. They're three and four right now, but again, they're going to be playing a, a, a very difficult non-district schedule. Um, so we got Destrehan at 33rd, sitting 0-4 and 1. Then we go to Division 2, and we could tell you that South Terrebonne, all, another program that's really strong, they're sitting at number seven right now with a 3-3 three and three record. Ellender is 1-1, one and one, and they're sitting at number 20 in the power rating. South Lafouche is 0-3 and 1, they're sitting at number 30. East St. John, number 32, with an 0-1-1 record. Now we move to Division Three. Vanderbilt, Catholic, and E.D. White again. E.D. White sitting at number 2 with a 4-0-2 record, so a strong start for the Cardinals. Vanderbilt is 2-3-2, sitting at number 13. Morgan City is 0-3, sitting at number 31. And then the last classification is Division Four for the girls, where we have Covenant Christian sitting at 3-3. They're 21st in the state. And then we got... Home a Christian school that is 0-1, only played one match. So it's too early to read a whole lot into this, but it does look like we're going to have a really strong soccer season. And one thing that stood out to me is a couple weeks ago when we had Joe Tuton on, was CCA, soccer is a big thing, and a lot of Joe's baseball players play soccer. Joe said, hey, man, we got a chance to, to, to win it all this year. They're only 1-1, one one, they're just getting started, but I do think we're going to have some teams that are going to make a strong playoff push this year. Yeah, and don't don't look pile rankings like you mentioned. Uh, give you a quick example in basketball, uh, Salmon's four and one. This uh, the 
30 30th. right now. <laughs> and they would be out of the playoffs started today. Santa Mont, Santa Mont is 4 and 1. They at 6. Yeah. It, Same record. So you got one team at 6, one at 30. It is way, way, way too early to tell. Brian, I, I, I'm extremely distracted right now. Do you know why I'm extremely distracted right now? Oh. No. Think about what you know about me. It's it's Thursday. What do we usually have on Thursdays besides for stand? Like in the world of sports, what usually starts on a Thursday? Besides the NFL schedule and the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I'll give you a hint. I do this in the afternoons a lot at the LaRose Park. I don't go sleep, sleep. at the LaRose Park. <laughs> Golf! Tiger Woods is on the course, baby, for the first time oh, in about my. a year. Tiger Woods is one under par through five holes. We're back, baby, at the Hero World Challenge out in the Bahamas. El Tigre, back in action. I am jacked up. Hopefully he plays well. He's one under par in eighth place right now. Didn't he just have a surgery or he did. He a had, procedure he, Yeah, or he hadn't played since Augusta last year because he had a fusion surgery, fusing his knee and his ankle or something. I don't know, but he says he's pain-free, and so far he's doing pretty good. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it's great for the sport. It is great for the sport. That's the, that's the thing, bro, is that you could you could like the dude, you could hate the dude, and, and a lot of folks are on either side of the fence, but there's no doubting that he's made everybody in the sport a lot more wealthy than they otherwise would have been bringing all those extra eyeballs to the sport. So hopefully he does well, and hopefully uh, he plays into the weekend. Now, uh, let's talk about the Saints in the next segment because that's going to warrant its own thing. Bro, there are... Nothing but players in the transfer portal right now in college football. I go to ESPN.com right now, and three of the top headlines are about the transfer portal. Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, has entered the transfer portal. He's a good one. Um, NC State's quarterback, MJ Morris, has entered the transfer portal. Oregon State's quarterback, I call him ukulele, uh, the guy that used to play for Clemson, transferred there. He's got a, an awkward Samoan-type name. He's in the transfer portal. So far, LSU's dodged it pretty well. They've only got one player, Armani Goodwin, who's announced that he's in the portal, and he wasn't even playing anyway, so it wouldn't be any type of loss at all. Brian Kelly said our number one goal of the offseason is retention. So far, knock on wood, they have kept most of their guys out of the portal. Don't know if that's going to last. Might see more after the bowl game, whatever. But so far, the Tigers have been sp uh, scared, uh, spared, but everybody else around the country has not. There are every day three, four, five different premier players that are entering the transfer portal. It's crazy how college athletics has evolved. Man, I, you, I don't like that. You, you like it? it, it I mean, I like it when it gets me Jaden Daniels and Joe Burrow, but over the course, yeah, I, I understand that. I preferred whenever a kid would sign as a freshman and you would get to know him for the next four or five years. That's not the case anymore. These dudes are to the highest bidder, to the point to where Matt Rule, uh, Nebraska's quarterback, said in a press conference yesterday, the asking price for a good quarterback in the transfer portal right now is a million to two million dollars. That's oh. NFL. That's free yeah, agency. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it is. It's free agency. They're free agents at the end of every year. Um, yeah, this is going to be out of control. It, it is most certainly going to be out of control. Um, let me ask you this. We didn't talk about this. If Alabama, and it's a big if, if Alabama beats Georgia on Saturday, which Georgia's only a six-point favorite. I would have thought it would have been a little more than that. 
Um, is Alabama going to get in? They're number eight right now. Do you think that they would automatically be in, or do you think they would need some help from? Oh, some well, they team? need some help. And I, I get it. You would have beat the number one team, but um, from eight jumping up to five, I think you're going to need you're going to need some help because uh, if teams are undefeated ahead of you, and you have a team ahead of you that beat you head to head, that's um, that that's the that's the one that I want to see what they're going to do. Okay, like let's assume that Oregon beats Washington and, you know, let's assume that there is some chaos and Alabama can maybe catapult. Would they possibly jump Texas, who beat them by 10 on the road earlier this season? But I think if they played right now tomorrow, Alabama would be a 10 or 12 point favorite. I think Alabama is a better team now, but they did play earlier in the year. So head to head has to matter for something like how are we deciding this? Are we deciding the team that's most likely to go win the national championship, which I think would be Alabama? Or are we deciding the team that had the best season, which maybe Texas did because they beat them head-to-head? This is very dicey because I personally put a gun to my head. I think Alabama's better than Texas. I don't care if they lost them head-to-head. But they did still lose to them head-to-head. That's going to be a very interesting decision should Alabama beat Georgia on Saturday. And, and, you, and yeah, They beat them. Texas beat them. But it's in week two. The, the goal is you want to get the four best teams. And uh, I think the four best teams at this time. So uh, a week two defeat with Alabama, uh, I, I just – it doesn't hold much water I'm, as much if we had been later in the season. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Four best teams. What do you do with Florida State if they beat Louisville? Because they would be 13-0, but without their quarterback, they're not one of the four best teams. But you also would have to keep an undefeated 13-0 team that beat LSU and Clemson and Louisville and others out. I think Florida yeah. State, if they win, they, they kind of have to be in, right? Like, I mean, you can't knock a team out because of an injury. I know they're not the same group, but they still would have won all 13 of their games. They, they have to be in if they win, right? I would think if you thirteen and zero, you should be one of the the better teams. You can't factor in the quarterback is out. You got to look at their production. Now, if if they have a, a close game and win, that might have a bearing on it. Or if they can win by a big margin, works in their favor. Uh, it's tough, man. I, that's why I love going to twelve. Oh, if it were twelve. Um... We would be super jacked up right now because Tulane would be looking good to get in as the highest-ranked mid-major. LSU would be on the bubble and would be hoping for some help this weekend. Alabama and Georgia would both be sitting – yeah, it's going to be very exciting this time next year to see what this would all look like. Um, And look, just take LSU for example. Let's say they would get in at 12. Who the hell wants to play them? If their defense just matches up well against a certain team and has a good game, uh, who knows with that offense they have. That's – yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I can't wait for it next year. Um, so let me ask you this now. If Alabama beats Georgia, is there any possibility that Georgia doesn't get in? Is there any possibility that the number one team in the country, should they lose to Alabama, that they can maybe drop out of the top four altogether? I'm going to say yes. If Michigan beats Iowa, which they're supposed to, that would be an undefeated. Florida State beats Louisville, they would be an undefeated. So that's two teams ahead of them. 
you would think Alabama would be ahead of them. They would have just beat them head to head. So that maybe be three. I, then you got the winner between Oregon and Washington. If Washington wins, they're undefeated. So wouldn't it be Florida State, Washington, Michigan, and Alabama slash Texas? But then you'd also have Georgia in that. Like deciding that fourth spot would be very, very interesting. And I think it it makes it all more important. You want to beat at number one. Yeah. So, and by the way, for those of you wondering, that Oregon-Washington game is not Saturday. That's tomorrow night out in Las Vegas. So if you're interested in watching a really high-stakes game with playoff implications, Oregon and Washington is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on ABC. Heisman. Heisman implications. Hopefully Washington smothers Bo Nix into oblivion. Uh, Don't know that that's going to necessarily happen. Because how about this? Oregon, despite having lost to Washington earlier in the season— Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. That feels like a lot, wow. man. That's and where's that game? In Las Vegas. So it's not a no, home I'm game sure. for either one. But that feels like a lot. They beat you head-to-head. They're undefeated, and you're the nine-and-a-half-point favorite. That I don't know, man. That There's something fishy going on with that line. Speaking of fishy, I hear sirens in sirens here. Sirens in the booming. FM studio. Yeah, Buddy's finally getting shut down over there. Something booming. <laughs> it's been a very interesting day. Let's catch a break when we get back. Oh, we got to talk about Derek Carr. He um, had some very interesting things to say yesterday, and uh, the Saints are a mess, man. There's no other way to put it. We'll talk about that in the next segment. His play-by-play will be right back after this. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, health care is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Healthcare Help Desk. Call 800-301-7166. 800-301-7166. 800-301-7166. During this holiday season, our thoughts turn gracefully to those who have made our progress possible. And in this spirit, we say sincerely thank you and best wishes for the holiday season and a happy new year from everyone at Ashley Barrios State Farm Insurance.
I lost track of time, y'all. I said at the end of the last segment that we were going to talk some Saints in this segment. That's not correct. We've got Mr. Stan Gravois lined up for our Terrible and General Thursday interview, and we're going to talk some Saints with Stan. But, Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Good to be with you. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, we've got a very interesting time in high school sports. Uh, we've got basketball tournaments and teams playing all over, but we still also have the football semifinals, so... Boy, if you're looking for some entertainment um, around the state tomorrow, there's a bunch of great games in both sports. Uh, it, it should be It's a very busy time of the year for your folks, but also a very fun time of the year for us as fans. Yeah, you, you know, you're gonna, you find out at this time of the year who's really, really into high school football because we've lost a lot of our teams from the Bayer region. So when you're watching teams that are sort of out of our zone just a little bit, uh, means you're very, very committed to the sport. And, of course, you have St. James and St. Charles Catholic and a lot of teams that are just right there, right off the edge of us. But it's uh, it's fun to keep tabs on it. But I, I got to tell you, I'm not near as vested as I was going into last week as I am going into this week. I'm sort of starting to turn my attention to basketball and to soccer a little bit, although I haven't really – looked at much soccer or talked to any of the soccer coaches in the area, I have started to talk to those basketball coaches. So, yeah, fun time. You know, the weather is as cruddy as it is outside. It does sort of remind you when you were a kid and you played basketball and you couldn't wait to go to your recreation basketball game or whatever because you couldn't wait to get in the gym and take your jacket off and play basketball. So uh, I, I really like this time of the year. Man, one of the most interesting things that I heard came last Saturday when we had E.D. White football coach, Coach Kyle, saying on the line. I asked him, I said, bro, what do you guys have to do to close that gap between you and St. Thomas More and Lafayette Christian? And he said, hey, man, we got to change the way we do some stuff. And he said, we got to put our best dudes in the secondary. We've got to kind of change our philosophy a little bit. And, you know, yeah, we got to win up front, but we've also got to win on the edges a little better. And to me, it was refreshing to hear a dude who just went undefeated but was honest enough with his team to say, yeah, we got we to gotta tweak some things a little bit. I'm going to be curious to see what the offseason looks like out there, but EDY, especially on the defensive side, they're trying to slow down all these pass-happy spread offenses. Yes, and I uh, had the opportunity to speak with him and a couple of his coaches on Tuesday, and that was sort of the theme, right? How do you catch up with some of these teams that are – just so good, the St. Thomas Moores and the Lafayette Christians. Well, one of the ways you do that is you hope and you pray that they're not going to be in your bracket in the future, <laughs> and that actually has happened to a certain extent. The good news, if you're an E.D. White fan, is is that Lafayette Christians dropping back down. St. Thomas Moore is going up to Division One, So you really have only Turling's Catholic from that particular district that's still going to be in your bracket going forward. The bad news is is you have Sterling Catholic still in your bracket, and they are very, very good. But it, it, it's, it's, I still, and I mentioned this to you on Saturday, I can't wrap my head around it. Sterling's Catholic lost to Lafayette Christian 61-3 to yep. during the regular season. That being said, they play each other this weekend, and I would not be surprised if one, Turlings wins the game, but two, at the least, loses it within a 10-point spread, simply because those teams are so athletic. 
And if you sort of get on a roll and you don't get any injuries in a game, they're so good that you always have the chance to win. You can win. For, you can score from anywhere on the field. You never have to close your playbook up. And I hope that makes a little bit of sense. But you can. You, you're always going to be competitive. That's what I think Kyle and them are looking for. How can we do this from anywhere on the field? I don't think it's going to be wholesale changes where they switch everything. And I made this comment about E.D. White. I'd be curious, you know, how you and Brian feel about it because we do live in a different day and age. And maybe at your age, Casey, you feel one way, Brian feels another way, or maybe y'all feel the same. I've come to realize that on the collegiate level, you sort of have those teams out there, those programs, and, and I'm, I guess I'm talking primarily football, but it could go across their entire athletic program, where they have an identity. They know who they are. They don't have to change their uniform every week to, you know, put black in the uniform or have glitter all over it. They are where they are. Alabama, Penn yep. State, Michigan, you know, those teams, right? Even LSU – to an extent, although they didn't come out in all white the other day, which is kind of weird for me. <laughs> but that being said, E.D. White's one of those few teams we have in the Bayou region who kind of just keeps their identity. They don't, you know, they don't switch over coaches very much. And I know a lot of new coaches come in and feel like the first thing I got to do is change the uniforms because I want us to be different than what we were. Well, there's something to be said for tradition, man. There's something to be said for, you know, I, if I take over at South LaFouche, the head football program, this is nothing against BJ, and I don't think they do it. But I would go look to see what the uniform looked like in 1977. And if it was presentable, that's probably what I would wear going forward, you know. I, I, I just feel like there has to be some kind of branding. Because Turling's Catholic, Whereas the same uniforms they did when I was going to USL in 1983, right? Yeah, so it, it, I, I think there has to be a little bit of that where you know who you are, and maybe E.D. White's kind of headed that way. Uh, I'm sure that Kyle would love to have some guys who run like a 4-3, <laughs> you know, back there in the defensive backfield. But that being said, I, I think that at least they're on the right track. Man, you and I had the, this specific conversation, oh, probably about two and a half, three years ago now, um, and maybe even longer, but as time flies. When NIL was first introduced and the transfer portal changed to where you could leave and not have to sit out, you and I said, well, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know that it's going to look drastically different, and we both kind of took a wait-and-see approach. Well, flash forward to November 30th, 2023, and it's the wild, wild west. Right now on ESPN.com, it's nothing but stories of players entering the portal. NC State's quarterback entering the portal. Duke's quarterback entering the portal. South Carolina, not South Carolina, um, Oregon State's quarterback entering the portal. Not only are we seeing, like, because when this first started, I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe this would be a place where backups could go find a home and go start somewhere. That's not the case. This is now a place where starters are going to try to find starting positions at bigger, more prestigious universities. It's the it's free agency. Everybody is on a one-year contract and is a free agent at the end of the year. Don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but that's what we have right now. This portal thing is nuts, man. No, it's straight-up pro football. It's straight-up pro sports, I should say, at the collegiate level, but mostly football. 
Uh, I agree with you, and I don't. I don't know that all of those guys who put their name in the portal are necessarily leaving. They're just trying to see. They're testing the market to see what's out there. It's it's basically free agency. I agree one hundred percent. I think some of the guys from the smaller schools who had really successful seasons, like the guy at Coastal Carolina, who's supposed to be a really good quarterback, maybe he wants to test himself in the SEC or the ACC out that way or whatever. But I think for the most part, it's like, okay, who's going to step up and how much can I make? You know that discussion has to be. If I'm John Doe and I put myself in the portal, right, and I just went to Coastal Carolina University and I get a call, you know that in that discussion, it's not only going to be a little bit about my playing time and what are my chances and who do you have coming back. In there somewhere is going to be how much do I stand to make. And that being the case, it's straight up, it's straight up pro ball, and it's a little disheartening to me. That's not a little disheartening; it's a lot disheartening. But I keep on. Ever since you know Dion got that job, I have been trying to rationalize and rethink the way that I think about collegiate sports. And I don't know if I've come to terms with it yet, but I'm going to have to because I don't think anything's going to go backwards. I'm not sure we are evolving or we're devolving. I'm not quite sure, but it is a little bit disturbing. On the other hand, I would say a couple of things. One, because of this, you may see more guys stay for their senior year. Yeah. And I guess that's good. Two, and this has more to do with letting 12 teams in. If they would have let 12 teams into the playoffs this year, that would have been so much more fun watching football if you'd have had, like, guys staying to play in the bowl games that are just going to leave, like, you know, take off after this year. So uh, I'm trying to find a silver lining in it all, and I can't because there's no allegiance to schools. There's no you – know, we, we lived in a day and age where if, if LSU is your flagship university, you grew up in Louisiana always wanting to play for LSU – I don't think you're going to have that sort of allegiance to school anymore because the almighty dollar is going to rule everything. Man, let's talk about something else that is a mess. The New Orleans Saints, um, after the loss on Sunday, Alvin Kamara says, hey, man, we do this after every loss. We get up here and we promise you that it's going to be fixed, but we don't have a plan or an identity on how to fix it. Dennis Allen quickly fired back, oh, you know, we have an identity. We know what we're doing. And then Derek Carr yesterday is speaking to media and says, yeah, we know how to fix the stuff in the red zone, but but we're not going to tell you what we're doing to fix it. And uh, every day, man, somebody's saying something that is doubling down on the next most dumb comment that was made before them. It's a mess. And then you got Mickey Loomis yesterday saying, we got the right people in the building. I know that we do. I promise that we do. And this feels like a bus without a driver that is just rolling down the mountain right now, bro. It is, is painful to watch sometimes what's going on in New Orleans. Yeah, it really is. And listen, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that when they signed Derek Carr, I was, I was perfectly happy with that. I thought it was fine. And now when you look back, you start to realize, God, there were so many red flags that we just didn't see that are all sort of coming to fruition right now. I don't know if the Saints have the ability, and this is from Mickey Loomis on down, or even Miss Benson on down. I don't know if they have the ability – at least externally they don't have it, to look in the mirror. Just to, you know, 
because they're telling us stuff that's like ridiculous, like, oh, we, we gained a bunch of yards and we've done this and we've got these people. And it's sort of obvious to everybody else that they don't. And it's, uh, I, you know, it's a good thing there's television contracts and everything else that goes into it. Because in the good old days when it wasn't about television, when it was just about your revenue that you made from people filling the seats, they would be in trouble right now because there are people, there are long-time ticket holders that I know from right here in the Lafourche and Terrebonne Parish area that are, like, giving their tickets away. They don't even care, and they're talking about maybe next year if they feel like they have to eat it again because Derek Carr is getting paid and he's got to be our quarterback next year. They're not, they're not renewing. So from that perspective, they're pretty lucky that the NFL just has so much money. And then you get to the point where who cares? Like not not us, but I'm talking about on that team. Who cares about winning? Who is that really what their goal is? I I don't know how many do. I, I like when Alvin Kamara says what he says because he's the only one who probably is sort of looking at the mirror and seeing things as being realistic instead of coming up with these kind of crazy ideas that we're still good and we can still do this and that. I. But the problem is, is there's no silver lining to this. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I don't, I don't see how it's going to get better. Man, I'm sure the conversation around the water cooler back at, at the job right now is what Aaron Rodgers is attempting to do. He had Achilles surgery 11 weeks ago. He's back at practice and is trying to give it a go in the next 7 to 14 days. You're not an athletic trainer, but you work with a bunch of them, and you know your fair share about it. If he's able to come back in 12 or 13 weeks off of an Achilles, that will be a historical moment. But he did some sort of crazy surgery that you don't usually do. That could be almost like the new Tommy John if that thing works out. Yeah, they said that. but they And when I say they, the athletic trainers, who obviously have a whole lot more knowledge about those type injuries than I would ever you know, imagine, they also said that those things go in degrees of being bad and possibly whatever happened to Aaron Rodgers is not quite as bad. I think the one shocker for all of the athletic trainers when they just casually talk about it is that his age, you know, you would think that that would even be a hindrance. You know, if he was still 22 years old, maybe you bounce back quicker. But to be his age where he saw it on that last leg, they just felt like maybe – uh, the degree of what happened to him related to his Achilles wasn't as bad as some others. There are some that, you know, they were showing me pictures where uh, you could look at it and once the person took off their sock and everything and you looked at the leg, you could actually see the muscle like rolled up inside of the skin. So, uh, yeah, it, it, look, maybe Aaron Rodgers is just Superman. I don't know. But i tell you what, I've seen the Jets play a few times. <laughs> He might be Superman, or he might just be stupid. I don't know. <laughs> well, on the flip side to that, he could be playing in a wheelchair, and he'd be better than what they've been having on the center the last month true. or so. That is true. That is true. Look, as a guy who, who roots for the Saints such as yourself, man, look, it's got to be painful because Denver has now won five in a row. They're six and five. They already now have a better record than New Orleans. Look, they had to eat some humble pie to get there. They started off one and five. They started off 0 oh and three. They lost the game 70 to 20. But it's pretty clear now that, that Sean has kind of washed away some of that bad taste that they had in their mouth. They're playing at a high level. And that, to me, makes the Saints' struggle sting even more, is that your ex-girlfriend is 
not only dating another guy, but is dating another guy with maybe a little more money, a little more resources, and is doing exceedingly well. That It's been frustrating to watch. Well, I'll go back to comments from way back when the football season started that I know you know, Brian has had with you, and I still can't figure it out. I just want to know what happened. Yep. You know, I was somebody somewhere along the way. It would help me to be a Denver Broncos fan if I knew what happened because if it's strictly – he wanted to leave, meaning Sean Payton just wanted to leave, and he hated New Orleans, and he wanted to get out of New Orleans. Well, it's hard for me to pull for him. I, obviously, I think he's a good coach. I don't have to like a team or a coach because, you know, he's good or bad. We'll put that on the table right now. Sean Payton's a good coach. But to leave New Orleans the way he did, if it, I'd love to know what happened. I'd love to know if it was something that – he was told or something that, you know, you have people who are speculating that he was tired of just getting the shaft by the officials and things like that. And, uh, but, but you're going to get the shaft by the officials no matter where you go. I don't think that's just a New Orleans thing. I don't know. But the fact is, is yes, Russell Wilson is playing better and they are playing better and they're winning games. I don't think they're great yet by any stretch. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you you talk about the perfect storm of feeling bad about the Saints, man. Him doing that, that that yeah, it feels really bad right now. The only, the, at least we play in Detroit this week where we can watch Detroit and kind of be excited because you know it's Coach Campbell and he was one of our own. The absolute worst thing that would happen this weekend is if they were playing the Jets because one they would lose to the Jets and second would be that they lost to the Jets. (laughs) Well, speaking as a guy who roots for a team that lost to the Cardinals, I know how painful that could be, man. Look, we thank you so much for the time and we look forward to chatting with you on Saturday, bro. All right, you guys take care. Yep, that is Stan Gravois doing an excellent job as always. I I, look, dude, and we're going to talk Saints in in well, we you know what we we could do with this segment. Um. I know a lot of people who root for them very strongly. Stan being one of them, you being another one. You know, my godfather is a big old Saints guy. Um, the amount of apathy right now and people who just don't care anymore. It's alarming. It's alarming. And, and if I'm Ms. Benson, I hope she has a pulse on that right now and, and feels that that pulse is getting fainter because if you go into the offseason, and all you do is just get a new offensive coordinator and you bring, you know, dummy back on the to be your head guy, you're gonna enter next year. No one's gonna give a crap. Like there's gonna be a lot of apathy, there's gonna be a lot of empty seats. Are there gonna be season ticket holders selling their tickets to fans of the other team, which is gonna worsen your home field advantage? Like, this is a very interesting next two, three months for that franchise to see how this shakes itself out. Well, yesterday, Mickey Lomas. Oh, we got everybody in the building, baby. Yeah. We have the right people in the building. Uh, that, soli- that says a lot. That comment to me solidified who needs to go first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got the right people in the building. Oh, but again, okay. who's going to make that call? Who, If he's Miss Benson's like right-hand man, uh, hopefully there's someone else with some sense that, that can tell Miss Benson, look, it, something needs to be done. Your quarterback is a fun chalk. Let's start there. Listen to the things that he said yesterday to Nick Underhill and asked about the Saints red zone problems. How, how do you weigh that though? Like when you guys are moving the ball, but you aren't moving it in the last twenty. Like how do you how do you marry those two, two thoughts together? I don't know, man. 
going to ask Coach Pete and DA, uh, myself, when you ask us, we're not going to be able to give you all the answers that everyone wants to hear on the things we're trying to work to do better, uh, schematics and player and all those kind of things. And so you're going to keep asking the same question. I'm going to keep giving a lot of words and no answer, you know, because I'm not going to tell you. That's the plan. Oh, you gotta you gotta talk to to Pete and and Dennis. You know, we're working on some stuff, but I'm not going to tell you what we're working on it. Well, he, he, it's a mess. You heard in that answer. Okay, you have to ha- ask Pete or Dennis. Then the next one or myself. He just asked you. Yeah. I, then I'm not going to give you an answer because you don't know. Because there is no. Plan. Yeah, he has none. They don't. Reportedly, know. the 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 thing that the Saints changed this week is that they usually work on red zone on Friday. They're working on it on Thursday this week. Congratulations. That's that's the big change that came out of their most recent loss. I'm telling you, I think Detroit's going to beat the hell out of them. So I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. I think that Detroit's going to smash them on Sunday. I'm glad the game is in New Orleans so the Saints fans can release frustration and just boo, boo them to no end. Dude. Everybody's so on board the we got to fire Dennis Allen in the offseason train, and I'm number one. I was number one. I was the one saying you should have never hired Dennis Allen. But when you hear your general manager say that everything is good, we're stable, we got the right, he's not even on the hot seat. The only way that they, they're going to make a move is if they could find a way to get Mickey out of there, which may well happen this offseason, right? They may, they may fire them all. But if... Mickey's still at the top of the food chain. Dennis Allen's not going nowhere. And that's a, that's a scary-ass thought that that man could watch that team play for 11 games against an extremely easy and comfortable schedule and struggle through it to a 5-6 and six record and not think that anything is wrong? Dude, that's frightening. That That is absurd. Yeah, uh, I... I don't get it. It needs to be. And the, the thing that's most frustrating about it, the schedule was set up for him. It was the, the schedule was designed to save Dennis Allen's job this and, year, and they just they they just threw it away. I and, mean, and and bro, look, I follow the Cowboys closely. When they win, I hear the things Mike McCarthy says. I hear the things C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott say. When they lose, I hear the things that those guys say. There's never anyone questioning the process or the coaches or the play calling. It's all, you know, hey, we got to execute better and generic stuff. When the Saints lose, Alvin Kamara gets on the podium and says, hey, our play calling sucks. We've got to, uh, you know, Michael Thomas is on Twitter saying, hey, we got to run this formation more. It's apparent. Carr saying, well, you got to talk to Pete and Dennis about that. It's apparent that those guys don't believe in the instruction that they're being given. And you know this. If you're not 100% bought in, if you're only 80-85% bought in, then you might as well be 0% bought in. Because if you're not pulling with all your your energy on that rope, it ain't going to work. The NFL is too competitive of a league, and there's always these doubts. Come here, oh, we got to change our philosophy. Uh, Michael Thomas, we got to change our play calling. And Dennis Allen says, well, we ain't going to change nothing. Everything's good. We just got to execute better. No one believes in the other. I don't think Dennis Allen believes in the guys no more. I think the guys certainly don't believe in him anymore, and it is a mess, man. This is a bad, bad situation right now. Because they're all on different pages. They're not on the same page. That's why they can give completely different answers because everyone's on a different page. They're not on the same page. They are 
unprepared football team week 13 or whatever it is, and you still have receivers and quarterbacks run it, the receivers run their own route or the quarterback throws it a, a different place. Uh, they're consistent on third and long. They can throw the ball a yard or two, and hopefully their back can make someone miss, which they're not. And uh, that all falls on the head coach. Yeah. And uh, he's not changing his page. People are turning pages. He's stuck on his page. The offensive coordinator's on a different page. And uh, I, the general manager has not even opened the notebook, I think. His, it's closed. <laughs> He's not even on a page if he cannot realize that they have the wrong people in that building. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a mess. It's going to get worse. And, um, and it, it, it's a shame because they had enough pieces in place on offense, the talent to do something with the defense that they had to start the season, I think, and with the schedule to win a very weak division, and they didn't do it. Listen to this. This is a stat that will be depressing if you're not a fan of Derek Carr and if you're a big fan of New Orleans. Trevor Simeon, remember when Trevor Simeon was the starter for the Saints for a little while? Oh, yeah. In six games playing with New Orleans, and only four of them were starts. He came in in the middle of two games. So in six games with Trevor Simeon as the New Orleans Saints quarterback, he had more touchdown passes than what Derek Carr has so far this year in 11 games. Trevor Simeon is outperforming you. And by the way, Trevor Simeon's receivers that year, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, Kenny Stills, Deontay Hardy, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Ty Montgomery, and Kevin White. When you're being compared to Trevor Simeon, and you are a $150 million player, that ain't good, Bubba. Because Trevor Simeon is is not, not uh, an elite quarterback. He's not even an elite backup quarterback. And when you're not outperforming him with worse weapons than what you have now, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah, and you last 32 possessions with three touchdowns, and your starting quarterback is not even not in, not involved in any one of the three. Yeah. <sighs> Winston two and Taysom Hill was one, and that's that's bad. And but he's the right guy in the building. And yeah, it goes we got back the right guys in the building. The off season with Mick. Trust me, that's the when you there was downhill from from there. On a more positive note, the Pelicans won last night, one twenty four to one fourteen against the Seventy Sixers. Screw those guys. Who would ever root for the Seventy Sixers, right? Oh mercy. <laughs> No Joe Allen beat in the lineup. Um, Zion Williamson was incredible last night. 33, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 11 of 12 from the field. If you get that type of effort from him, this is a this is a very, very good basketball team. The problem is you don't get that effort every game, which is the reason why you're 10-9. and nine. Um, But it was a good showing from New Orleans, right? If I want to talk noise when they don't play well, i got to be willing to say when they do. But at the end of the day, they were up by 23, 24 points. And let Philly come back and make it interesting. Got to learn how to slam the damn door shut, <laughs> That's man. That's always. My goodness, that was frustrating. And a very interesting note, and this would be awesome for basketball fans in New Orleans because we all know how difficult it is to actually watch the Pelicans. Fox 8 reportedly is working on a deal to broadcast 10 New Orleans Pelicans games 
for the rest of the season. Now, get it's an 82-game schedule. 10 out of 82 is not a take whole it, lot. Take but it. But it's better than what it would have otherwise been when it would have been zero. So it sounds like they're at least trying to make the games more accessible and more easy for people to watch, which can't hurt. Because right now, it's absurd how difficult it is to watch a Pelicans game in Louisiana. Yep. Clippers won last night. Can Who I, cares? Can I brag about that for a second? James Harden, 8 of 14 shooting, 26 points, 6 assists. Kawhi Leonard, 14 of 18 shooting, 34 points. All the people that were making fun about two, three weeks ago, they're not making as much fun anymore. It's starting to. All right, Clip, unless you want to throw your wallet on the table, we've got to pay some bills. It's starting to, <laughs> it's starting to look pretty positive. But, yes, let's go pay some bills. Yeah. My guy Tiger Woods is on the course. He's even par through eight. I'm going to be Ooh. watching Tiger throughout the day. It's play-by-play. Let's catch our final commercial break here on KLAB. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Favorite musician, Taylor I, Swift. Look, I actually learned that a couple of weeks ago on, on this show. Yep, your favorite musician. Um, I never knew. The Cowboys are playing the Seahawks tonight, Thursday night football. We'll talk about that in just a second. But we had Kim Mulkey take the podium yesterday and say some really interesting things. She was 
ranting and raving and hooting and hollering about the Angel Reese situation. It was not as pointed as they were making it out on social media yesterday. She, I mean, she was vocal, but she wasn't out of control vocal. Let's see if I could find a clip here and play well, it. Look, I watched the entire press conference mm-hmm. and, and just her mannerisms when she walked in, the little smirk she'd have on her face. She, uh, she's out of control. Well, let's hear one minute and 21 seconds of her being out of control. I would never attack any of you for writing a bad article about me if you didn't think I made the right call. Let's just say, man, she, she was a bad coach tonight. She got out coached. They should have won. That's fair game. But to attack somebody on a personal level, am I wrong about that? Yes or no? Well, they know who they are. Y'all know who they are. And I just, I'm like, for not answering the question the way you think I should answer it, that's not journalism in my in my book. I, I, I just, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I need to get out. But I, I don't, you, you get, you get realness with me. I had somebody tell me one time, you're a breath of fresh air, Kim. I said, what does that mean? You give us honest, real answers, and then we want to attack you sometimes for that. I said, well, I can't sugarcoat things. I I, I feel like people want the truth, but I'm also going to do what? I'm going to protect my players. I I, I struggle with that. So... She said a bunch of other stuff. I mean, the press conference was about an hour long. Long story short, Angel Reese is back. We still do not know officially why she was suspended or not with the team. We're, we may find out tonight. She did confirm that Angel Reese will do a post-game press conference after the game tonight. But I don't know, man. I hear that. And look, I, I love Mulkey. I love LSU women's basketball. I love LSU anything. Who was attacking her? Per- like, I didn't no. see it. I don't, I don't think that people were asking questions and the conversation kind of got personal because people were speculating about grades. But, Kim, that's, that you could have fixed that. You could yes. have said right away, hey, you guys are wrong. It's not what you think it is. Angel did. Angel put on her Instagram, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. She did. But that's on Instagram. Kim's the one who had a microphone in her face multiple times who could have squashed that. And I think if it got personal, as she says, I think it's because she allowed it to get that way by not telling us anything other than, oh, she'll be back soon, but it's not any of y'all business. Like, that's the thing. The, the, a lot of the women's basketball coaches want the sport to get the attention that the men get. But whenever controversy happens, they want to close the doors and lock everybody out. That's not what the men do. If this were a, a male basketball player, we would know the reason why they, he was suspended already. Look at all the stuff that goes on in the NBA and NCAA men. Tell us. If you want us to stop asking questions, then tell us. Yeah, and look, they were asking, okay, she's going to be available for the game tonight. Well, then it's, well, did she practice? Then they're like, well, why is it your concern if she practiced or not? And Malky kept saying, yeah, she she's practicing. But then later in the press conference, she goes, well, I didn't say she was practicing with us. Well, I mean, you're out of the country. <laughs> and she was home. No, 
when she's practicing, then a uh, smarty, you know, you don't know how many rebounds she had in practice or what, you know, this and that. And it, just come out and stop, give the story to the people or, and it's an internal issue. We are handling the yeah. issue over. Look, it, it, I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that she shot a bad three-pointer, got benched. And you know this. Sometimes when people come to the bench, they say things under their breath and get caught. Or maybe like they, they right after that went to halftime. Maybe at halftime she said something to, Mul- to, to Mulkey and she got put on ice. You don't have to tell that story. Just say it's a violation of team rules. Exactly. You know, that's all that's you got to do, and then it's over with. And then no one's going to be saying, oh, well, she's a dummy, and she's failing, and she's not doing well in school. And all that conversation stops. Um, and another thing that I don't like about this, and, and I hope LSU wins the rest of their games all year, right? Like, I'm not hating on the women's basketball program at all. But the fact that last week I was able to tell you on this show yeah, she's going to be back next week when they play Virginia Tech because that's a big game. How disciplined are you really when you're you're punishing someone for the Texas Southern game and for the Niagara game, but the first time you face a real opponent, she's back in the lineup? That's fishy to me. Without practicing with the team because she's trying to come out and say she was practicing then, oh, well, not, she, not with us, but she was practicing. So she's trying to save face or something. I think she... Probably the old Kim Mulkey would maybe, yeah, you didn't practice. You're not playing until you practice with the team. But the Mulkey these days, well, I got to win. So I'm going to go against what I believe in to play her so we have a better chance to win. So do you expect to see a new revitalized, newly bought in Angel Reese today? Or do you expect to see... An early season, I'm not going to try. I'm already rich, Angel Reese, that we saw earlier in the year. I think she's going to be motivated. I think she's going to be ready to go. What are you expecting? Yeah, see? I agree. I think she'll be motivated. You see a, a different attitude in her. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything else from her. And But I, the way it's going about, I think Kim Malk is just trying to, uh, to save face with maybe her own self and her own beliefs that she honestly believes that Maybe she shouldn't be playing tonight, but she will. And, and just not going to answer questions, skirt around the issue and stretch the truth a little bit to these uh, reporters. Yeah, oh, it, it got personal. I liked when the reporter asked, who who got personal? Like, none of us did. What are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, that's at 8 o'clock today. That's a Final Four rematch taking on Virginia Tech at the PMAC. That's actually going to be fun. I, I'll be tuned into that. That'll be that'll be some fun. Um my Cowboys. My Cowboys going to get a win tonight against Seattle. You, you're the one who said that we have zero wins against teams with winning records. Seattle has a winning record. Are we going to beat them tonight? Uh, yeah, I think so. Tonight would be the first one, first game to actually beat with a you know a team with a winning record. Okay, so after we beat them tonight, they're not going to have a winning record anymore. So would it count still as yeah, a win? Yeah, it counts. Yes. Yeah, they don't have a win. No, no, the winning record's out. They don't have one. So, so no matter what we do, we can't get okay. Yeah, not tonight. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because they they won't have a winning record. So at the end of now, but then if they win a couple of games, then okay, look, they they beat a team with a winning record. I got a feeling that that uh, it's going to be hard for my Cowboys to get credit here on the other side of this table. Deion Sanders <laughs> was named Sports Illustrated's 2023 Sports Person of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> he 
In less than a year, Coach Prime has not only transformed a Colorado football program, but he's breathed fresh life into the campus and transformed the community, reads Sports Illustrated. They were 4-8 and eight this year. Um, this is also a year where we saw Nikola Jokic win an NBA championship. We saw Patrick Mahomes win another Super Bowl. We saw Kirby Smart win his second straight college football playoff. We saw, uh, let's see, MLB, who won the World Series? Um, the, what is it? The, who won the World Series? The Diamondbacks? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, but anyway, someone won the World Series. It wasn't. The, <laughs> oh, I still. The Rangers won the World Series, by the way. I just had a brain fart for a second. We had the LSU women's basketball team revitalize the whole sport. They in Iowa. And a dude who was four and eight is the sports person of the year. And threatened to get rid of his entire offensive line. <laughs> Keeping win-loss <laughs> records at practice. Yeah, Look. no kidding. Oh, mercy. A coach <laughs> that allows kids to fight and keeps a one-loss record is going to be the sports person of the year. Okay, have you seen what's happening to their recruiting class? It's it's completely come unglued. Like, it's falling apart. They have eight commitments right now because parents are saying, I don't want to send my kid there. No. Um, yeah, that was an interesting decision <laughs> made by Sports Illustrated um, for a Colorado program that did win four games, which is up from one the year, a year ago. But he's breathing new life to the pro. You're 64th in recruiting right now. This is supposed to be what you're good at. But you were below UNLV, BYU, Baylor, East Carolina, Indiana. You're behind Syracuse. You're behind Illinois, Wake Forest, Kansas in recruiting right now. So if recruiting's your thing and you're not doing it, how are you going to turn this thing around like you're promising? How are you going to replace all of your linemen if you can't sign anybody? This is Sports Illustrated think today is April 1st? <laughs> April Fool's joke or something? This can't be true. I- I thought it was interesting. Uh, and, and, and I guess maybe in terms of generating attention, because, look, we talk about Colorado football here a lot. We never would have before, um, but I don't know. I, I feel like we could have maybe found someone else uh, for, for that honor. That's just me. Le- okay. It's look, not generating. E- look, I'm not a LeBron guy. Even LeBron James, he, this past year, he became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Even he – I think would have deserved it more. It's sport. We're talking sports, and he—if you want to generate interest, for, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. But I thought that was interesting. I thought that would get a chuckle, and it sure did. Oh, it you did. Laughing oh my God, did it ever? I still don't believe it. So he is the sports person of the year from Sports Illustrated. LSU's hoping to get a commitment today from a linebacker, Moses, uh, from Louisiana. Jaden Daniels is a sports person. He can't win the Heisman. He's going to win the Heisman. Bo Nick, Bo, I have trust in Bo Nix to do what Bo Nix does in those types. Yeah, we'll find out tomorrow night. Keelan Moses, University Lab linebacker, choosing today. Hopefully LSU gets a commitment. Um, a lot of the folks are forecasting that he will be a Tiger. He's a four-star linebacker from University Lab. So we will talk about that tomorrow when he makes his decision. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Tomorrow we've got our Friday show. We're going to recap a ton of basketball because we've got a ton of basketball to recap. I'm going to get me a tire, and I'm going to try to catch some ball out of Vanderbilt. 
Uh, if you see us at the gym, come by and say hello. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.